It's Fun Friday. Get ready for an amazing weekend. Woohoo! Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp of AliciaVSharp.com, and today is Fun Friday, and we have Michael Jr. with the rest of his message from last week. I have to say that half of it is kind of his comedy act, and then the other half is more of kind of a short teaching on just what your punchline is and what who you are, and it's really a great little teaching. So, I mean, there's some funny stuff definitely at the beginning, but then it gets into some more um, really strong, to me, really strong and convicting teaching from Michael Jr., and I hope you enjoy it. I actually play, uh, I do play some basketball. I didn't want to perpetuate stereotypes, but it's true. Um, <laughs> but in basketball, you're supposed to run and jump. I don't really feel like doing both all the time. Um, so some friends recently took me ball hunting. Um, some people call it golf or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I shot a 121. That was what I shot, a 121. And then we had lunch, and it was like, hey, we're going to do the other nine holes now. Um, I was like, I'm not going back out there. I'm not going. Because they lied to get me to go. They was like, yo, the greens are awesome. I was like, cool. I showed up with some cornbread. I was like, all right. I don't know how to say cornbread in German. I'm sorry. I just did that just for Germany. I've never really been there before. I do think working out is important. I was at the gym the other month. And, um, I was gonna do some cardio, right? But they moved it upstairs. I ain't going up there, man, please. And I get recognized at the gym. I got recognized. This, um, I'm working out, this lady's like, oh. I was like, hey, how you doing? She was like, you don't understand, Michael Jr. You're my favorite comedian. Every time I see you, I laugh my butt off. I was like, uh, keep laughing, you know? Keep laughing. <laughs> so there's a club in Los Angeles when I moved to Los Angeles and I was brand new in comedy there's a club there that uh, uh, it's, it's like the best club in the country it's called the Comedy and Magic Club it's actually in Hermosa Beach this club is extremely hard for a comedian to get into the way I got into this club is a guy named George Wallace saw me when I lived in New York. He knew I was funny and clean. So when I moved to Los Angeles, he took me to the Kanye Magic Club. Now, he couldn't get me on stage because it's way too prestigious of a club. They have to know who you are. So, so he got me into the green room. I'm in the green room, and suddenly, brand new in town, and I find myself in the green room with some soldiers in comedy. There's um, George Wallace, Gary Shanley, Jay Leno. I'm brand new in town. And at the time, a football player got hit in the eye uh, with a flag, and... Um, he lost his vision one eye, and he was suing the league for $400 million. Now, all of these guys are helping Leno on that joke subject for the monologue for the Tonight Show on NBC. I ain't saying nothing. I'm just happy to be in the room sharing french fries with these dudes. But your gift will make room for you. So then they got quiet, and they all looked at me, and I'm thinking, oh, snap. This is an opportunity. So I was like, all right, let me see if I got this right. He got hit in the eye with a flag. He lost his vision in one eye, and he's suing the league for 400 million dollars. Oh. He not going to see half of it. <laughs> like, for real. So here's the thing. How did I get that joke that fast under that much pressure? The truth is, it wasn't as much pressure as you might think because I had been practicing since I was a child in the form of a kid who was having a hard time reading. I was practicing just like you've probably been practicing. You just didn't know you were practicing. 
I'm here to let you know you've been practicing. And for a lot of you guys, it's game time. It's game time. So now I'm in the club, like I'm in the club and I'm performing there. Um, this was probably like seven, eight years ago. And right, I'm headlining at the club and right before I get on stage, I had a change in mindset about comedy. Most of the time when a comedian gets on stage, he wants to get laughs from people. And I felt a shift take place. Instead of going up there to get laughs from people, I felt like I was supposed to give them an opportunity to laugh. I did a little prayer and I clearly felt like I was supposed to give an opportunity to laugh. This change everything. Because now I'm not looking to take, I'm simply looking for an opportunity to give. This is why we now go to the homeless shelters and all these places. In fact, that very night when I leave the stage, I'm outside, people want autographs, we're hanging out, taking pictures. And I look across the street and I saw a homeless guy. I had never seen a homeless guy outside this club before, ever. But that doesn't mean he wasn't there before. That just means before, my mindset was to get laughs from people, so why would I even notice them? But now I changed my mindset and I see this homeless guy and I have the thought, what about him? How could I give him an opportunity to laugh? And that's when we started doing homeless shelters and prisons and take, making laughter commonplace and other common, non-common places. So now as a result of doing that, um, we went to this one place, we went to Montrose, Colorado. Um, it's an abuse, it's a facility for children who are being abused by their parents. And I'm hearing all of these stories and his grandmother tells us about her grandson who was so afraid of his mom because he's on drugs. She's been abusing him and one of the things she's been doing is she's been pulling out his toenails. So I hear this story and all, they bring all these kids inside and Spider-Man is sitting right up, this little boy is so afraid of his mom, everywhere he goes he wears a Spider-Man costume. He's sitting right up front at the show. If my mindset was still to get last from people, there's no way I would have been able to do the show. But my mindset changed and I, and, so now I, I have to do the show. So I get up on stage and people start laughing slowly but surely. 20 minutes in it, I hear a voice come from right here. And the voice says, my name is Ronan. And this little boy pulls off his mask and introduces himself to me. In a way, and I can't even tell you what it meant to me. And he started talking to me for like nine minutes like I wasn't doing a comedy show at the time. <laughs> but it was all because I made this shift. I mean, I, I made this change and I said simply, instead of trying to get, I'm going to see if there's an opportunity to give. If you can make this adjustment, it will change your life for the good. If you're a mechanic, you may think you get paid to fix vehicles, but if you can make this shift, you will recognize you help people reach their desired destination. That will put your alarm clock out of business. My senses are there's a lot of people out there still hitting the snooze button. Before I bounce, bounce means to vacate the premises. <laughs> I'd like to explain to you how life works, at least from a comedian's perspective. First there's a setup, and then there's a punchline. Your setup is your talents, your resources, and your opportunities. And most of the time we use our setup to ensure that the people around us are moving in a direction that serves us. Which means the punchline occurs when you change that direction in a way they're not expecting. You actually use your setup for other people. The results are the same yet multiplied. Revelation, fulfillment, and joy. But it's not just for the one receiving your punchline. It is absolutely for you as you deliver the punchline. In fact, if I ask the question to everyone here, everyone watching, if I ask you this question, um, how many people here know what your setup is? Every one of you would be able to tell me. Because your setup is the fact that you have a house, a car, you've been married, you went to school. Your setup is about what you've received. But what if I ask the question, what is your punchline?
Because your punchline is about what you're called to deliver. And if you only know your setup and not your punchline, you'll make the mistake of trying to add more setup. If I could just get another degree, if I could just get married, if I could just lose weight. But what you really need is to know your punchline. Again, because to know your setup and not your punchline is an uncomfortable place to live. Let me give you an example. How many people are still thinking about the story of me and the CEO on stage? The reason all you guys are still thinking about that story is because all you have is the setup. You don't have the punchline. Yet we've moved on and allowed ourselves to be entertained like, like there wasn't something missing. So we'll go to a comedy show or a football game or a concert, even though there's something missing. And that's just the story I told you 10 minutes ago. What about your story? You've been living it your entire life, and if all you know is the setup and not the punchline, you are living in an uncomfortable place. And please be clear, just like when I had a hard time reading as a child, your setbacks are part of your setup so you can deliver the punchline you're called to deliver. Much like a slingshot, the further you've been set back, the further you're going to reach. But what are you going to aim for? Everyone has a setup. And everyone has a punchline. You need to find your punchline and deliver it. I'm Michael Jr. I love you. That was Michael Jr., and you can find that clip on YouTube if you search under Michael Jr. More Than Funny TEDx. You can also find out more information about him at his website, michaeljr.com. That is all I have for you today. I pray that you will go take your mountain, that you will go share Christ with others, and that you will just love other people today and have an amazing weekend. God bless you.